0: This is Rach, just popping into the intro to let you know what our schedule is going to be over the new year as we are doing things a little bit differently in order to give ourselves a bit of a break. So, for you today, we have a book club with Goblet of Wine, which I'm very excited for you to hear. We will be coming into your feeds on the 27th of December with a very special episode where we're talking about the Book of Dust play, La Belle Sauvage, which we went to see at the Bridge Theatre, bringing that to you on the 27th of December. We will then be taking a short break in the new year just to, like, rest, relax, get ourselves sorted, and we'll be back to you with Chapter 8, Vodka, on the 24th of January. Mark it all down in your calendars, and we will be back with you in just a couple of weeks' time to chat about La Belle Sauvage.
1: Welcome to the Her Dark Materials Book Club. I'm Faye, hi. And I'm Rachel, hello. This is usually a podcast where we read and discuss Philip Pullman's His Dark Materials novels, a chapter at a time,
0: spoiler free. However, in this special bonus episode, we're getting together to chat with some guests to talk about the series as a whole. This episode is not spoiler free, so if you haven't read the books, pop back when you're all caught up. In this episode, we're so excited to be sitting down with
1: Charlie and Hannah from Goblet of Wine, a drunken Harry Potter podcast. so long in the making i'm so happy honestly yeah, when did,
2: did we first suggest was it like this? pre-pandemic or at the start
1: i think it might have even been pre-pandemic yeah, yeah. yeah. we were so
2: determined to have you guys in person that um yes. that we, yes. we put this off for a long time but it's it's gonna make it all the better yeah because we're all south londoners and also because
3: mm. our like because they're coming on ours spoiler but like <laughs> and we're like a drunken podcast so whilst we do most of our guest Remote when it can be in person. It's we have, yeah, the we vibes. insist on
2: it being in person. So here we yeah. all are together. Yeah, so this is the sober section of our collaboration.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's book club. So we have biscuits, but no beer yet.
2: Yeah, <laughs> very good. I like that.
1: So I know that you both have like different relationships with the books. Do you want to tell us like how you first got into them? I don't know who wants to go first, but you can tell us how you got into them, what they mean to you, all that and kind of stuff.
0: Tell us. Here you are, just before you start talking, so our listeners can yes. discern between the two of you. Oh, uh, yes. but they will that's never be able...
2: <laughs> unfortunately, they will never be able to because our own listeners after three years can't discern between us, so yeah, um, have There's fun with that.
3: There's two camps of our listeners and people regularly tweet us just to be like, I, oh, yeah, I've missed the whole thing, I can't tell you apart, or like, I can, I can, <laughs> I've people done so it. Proud. Um, but to be fair, I've got, like, I'm sick today, so I'm the nasal one. <laughs> and your name is? Charlie. <laughs> yeah, <that's,
2: laughs> I'm, I'm the You can't one. see me? <laughs> Um, and I'm Hannah. Uh, I'll go first. So I read the books first, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. We, Although we both read them later in life. So I was recommended them so much as a kid because I was the big Harry Potter fan as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I read so much. Like I was constantly reading, constantly in the library. And I was recommended these books so many times. And I tried to read them at least six times when I was a kid put It down every time I found the first three or four chapters so incredibly dull that I never got through them. <laughs> yeah, um, And I always used to say this to people: they're like, Have you read Her Dark Materials? Uh, that was it. See, you guys are my brain. <laughs> That's <laughs> it. That's what you want. <laughs> Have you read His Dark Materials? No, because I hated the first few chapters as a kid. And then when they announced the BBC adaptation, um, my boyfriend decided to read them. And he had, had the exact same thing as me as a kid, hadn't got through the first four chapters. He forced his way through them and then loved it. So as soon as he was done with the first, I read it after him because I don't like watching adaptions without having read- the material yeah. and this was at the end of 2019 to beginning of 2020 I raced through all three books and just fell in love with them they were amazing amazing so yeah I didn't realize that you were
1: like a, la- a later yeah I mean same so there you know it's rich that's been that rich as the OG I
0: persuaded Faye to read them so mm-hmm. I was like you will love the strong female protagonist mm-hmm. yeah and then yeah actually you are just obsessed with all of it so it's yeah
1: Perfect. but then I completely agree with you though in the sense that like we've had some emails as well like in the past being like I'm surprised you didn't talk more about how boring the first, like, especially the first chapter, because there's so much, like, boring world-building shit in there. It (laughs) really
2: annoys me from the perspective that I tried so many times with these books as a kid, and I know I would have loved them if I got further, and I think it really would have shaped, like, things about me, especially the themes in the later books, and it upsets me that if I can get through them as an avid reader, so many other children couldn't of And like yep. how many people that turned off. Although I will say reading these books as an adult, I'm like, these were meant for children. These have some themes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> themes.
1: 100%. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely.
2: Star I'm young.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, that's true. That's true.
3: Do you want to go? Yeah. yeah. So once again, I'm Charlie. Um, I also came to it really late. Um, this was actually a pandemic project mm-hmm. for me. Um, they were never really like on my radar that much when i was a kid like i i knew that they existed because i knew about the film um, but I never saw the film, never read the books. And then it obviously became more on my radar when you guys started the podcast. And I was like, oh, like that's, that's a thing. That's a book series that exists. And then, yeah, like lockdown happened. I did the classic, oh, I'm going to go to my parents for two weeks for work from home. Four months later, I was still there. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, so it just kind of became the book series that I was like, well, you know, the adaption's coming. People I know have started podcasts about it. Like I'm going to try this series and Yeah, that like summer where it was like pandemic and no one could go outside, but we had amazing weather. And Mm -hmm. like, I was lucky at my parents and they have amazing garden. So, and I was on like 80% of the hours. So I essentially had like a three day weekend um, because they put us on like 80% pay as well. Um, So yeah, I was just spending like long weekends, like sat in the sun um, reading the series. But then also because, you know, I can't do anything without making hashtag content out of it nowadays. (laughs) I was making notes on it to do like a series on our Patreon of me like reading it for the first time and I like did the first I made notes on all of them and like recorded the first episode and like then absolutely none of our patrons mentioned it or like gave a shit and I was like (laughs) I was like well they all fucking hated that um so I was like I won't bother doing the other ones and then like many months later like people started to be like when are you doing the other ones and I was like when are you doing it (laughs) Because, <laughs> I, you know, I won't do anything if I don't have validation. Um, so, and then I was like, well, it's been too long. But it meant that it kind of like... I mean, it was handy for this because it meant that I could read through all of my notes that I have on my phone about oh, it yeah. before coming on here. But it also like as my, like i really did enjoy the books and i loved reading them but i feel like my experience was changed from the fact that i was reading them for the first time having to write down all of the plot that was happening and also trying to guess what was going to happen cuz like we had me like making predictions yes. and stuff so i feel like like especially the third book i barely fucking understood half of what was going on um, <laughs> oh one because i just don't i've never been raised in a religious place so i don't know fuck all about the mm. bible or like
0: religious <laughs> messaging so I mean, that was that's like a recording oh my god 100% yeah. yeah it's a bible thing we're gonna see what google can tell us yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. so
3: like yeah and then my focus on like predicting what was gonna happen meant that like I wasn't paying as much attention to what was actually happening if that made yes, sense 100%. so I do feel like my I want to reread because my first experience was kind of like changed by the fact that I was doing it to make content out of it
1: yeah fair I mean that's why I'm glad that I read them and then suggested to Rich after I'd read yeah. them that we do a podcast. But I completely agree with you, especially with the Amber Spyglass, because like that's where we are now. And I'm just like, I don't understand any of this shit. Cause yeah. I wasn't raised religious. Like, and I'm just like, I don't, I don't get it. Like I remember when I'm quite a fast reader, so like if I'm reading something and I don't really I don't understand it and it doesn't seem to be like that critical to the mm. story, I'll just like skim past it and yeah. I'll be like, hopefully that doesn't come back up. But like obviously <laughs> for the podcast, we have to, you know look into what it fucking means mm. and i'm just like okay cool i missed like all this stuff when i first read it because yeah yeah that.
3: exactly and like i've got a friend matt who like his dad's a vicar so he was raised like very religiously even though he's not at all religious now and i was just like literally just like texting him or meeting up with him and being like explain this part of the bible because i don't understand (laughs) and i was trying to make predictions and then like because it obviously got to the point where i was like okay there's some adam and eve shit coming on (laughs) and i was like what are they gonna do blah 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 and then i just spent like a period of like the third book being like please don't let the climax of this be that they have to fuck. <laughs> I was convinced because there was like the whole like loss of innocence metaphor and I was just like, no, 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 no.
0: <laughs> it's okay because Phil confirms in the second trilogy yes. that they did not fuck.
2: Yeah. Oh, Even I didn't know that. it is
0: contentious yeah. in the way that it's written and there is fan contention about whether they did or not. See, I assumed Lyra they didn't. Say, Lyra just say she's mm. like, no, nothing went further than that because the, first book of the, no, the second book of the new trilogy is Lyra when she's like 20 something yeah. oh. and she's like confirming she has now she has since fucked yeah, okay. <laughs> she did. Yeah. Not really I, fuck.
2: yeah. I mean she did as far as, as well. I can remember she was still quite young in that third book so I always assumed it was kissing and heavy petting I was yeah, like yeah. it's not fucking Yeah, these yeah, children but that's
3: <laughs> something else that bothered me when I was reading because I was convinced that they were going to fuck her and I was like how old is she and then I was like how much time has passed because she was X age when these books started and how much time's gone yeah. like so uh, I was very stressed about the potential <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> not like I, I i mean i suppose it's not that much of a big spoiler for you guys who might not have read the like second the two books in the second trilogy but one of my favorite bits about that is that there's a guy i don't know if you remember but at the beginning of northern lights there's like he's called dick orchard and he spits. <laughs> sorry, sorry dick dick, or- dick, dick orchard, dick yes, orchard like an altar yes, full of dicks yes, yes exactly yes, sure exactly that. <laughs> <laughs> and he spits and like when they're all like playing as kids, and he spits, and she and, and Lara like, "Oh my God, he can spit further than any other boy, and she's like clearly an hour like, with oh my him, God,
0: she's got a little crush on him yeah,
1: and then in the, in the trilogy uh, second trilogy, uh, like they're basically fuck, they're just no! like fucking, and I'm like, yes, incredible, love that journey for them, but they've just got a very casual like fucking relationship, wow I, know,
2: I, I need it. to read this casual. next trilogy, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, how
3: rude can we be on this podcast? You can be what as rude, rude as you like. want okay, I was gonna ask, does he spit on her instead <laughs> <laughs> because that is- that is not a detail that phil went
1: into yeah phil did not clarify but if we ever interview him we'll ask
0: please do please do the questions we've got on that list
1: oh Oh, Oh, incredible i love that charlie because that's exactly where my mind went yeah
0: (laughs) yes as you've both read them more recently when you're reading it and being, like, oh my god, this is for children, what were some like particular moments that stood out to you? The entire or, third book. Especially <laughs> the ways that you've related to the characters. So, like, I as a child read it and thought, Asriel's a really cool uncle. Oh. And us as a po- podcast, notoriously now, are like, fuck Asriel. Fuck Asriel. Um, I'd, I'd love to know your opinions on that vibe.
2: I'll get into Asriel, but my opinion as an adult on Lyra was that she's really fucking irritating <laughs> oh, in the god. first book. I could <laughs> yep. not stand her. And I think that was the other thing, like, reading it as an adult. I fell in love with her, like, book two and book three, but book one, I was like, this is the most annoying protagonist. <laughs> oh, my good God. <laughs> see? Um, but, yeah, Asriel, I got bad vibes mm. on strip. Bad Bad mm-hmm. vibes. Not good adult vibes. Like, yeah. this man is, is not looking after these people and he's just in it for what he wants. But I can see in the way it's written that you do think as a child that he would be, like, a cool uncle, yeah. a cool person. Yeah, mm. absolutely.
3: Yeah. I am... Um, Controversially, like, I don't mind the first few chapters of the first book in terms of their boringness. Like, I do kind of, like, like world-detailed <laughs> stuff and, like, and just... I had no I, I had no idea what was going on, yeah. but I didn't mind them from that. But I hate children Fair. so much, and Lyra is a particularly annoying child, <laughs> yes. particularly in the first book, but also i'm sorry throughout and it just to me like one of the only issues i had with the series i I was just like i just really don't like children and she did grow on me by like the third book but there were definitely moments throughout where i was like i just wish that she was older because i just don't like children yeah Yeah. i I would
2: really love to know what i would have thought of her and will if i'd read it when i was a child because my instinct as an adult was lyra irritates me not that she isn't a good lead for the books And she didn't grow on me, but at first she irritated me. But the moment Will came into it, I adored him. Like, he's by far my favourite character. Mm. I just absolutely adore him as a character. But I just want to know what my child self would have thought of those two. Yeah, I do. I love Will.
1: I love Will so much. It
2: it, 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 it might be problematic for how young he is in the books, how much I love Will. But yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I love him.
1: Yeah, I I love Will.
2: Because
0: I did... I'm the only one in the room who read them as a child probably a similar age to Lyra when I was reading the books Mm. and as a precocious annoying 11 year old I related hard yeah
2: Mm. oh I'm sure I would have but this is the thing I don't think think I would have found her annoying because I was annoying precocious outspoken as an 11 year old (laughs) like how I would definitely find
0: Hermione very annoying now reading the Harry Potter books but as a kid definitely related to her yes because I was going to
3: say like you bloody love like a bossy young female character I do Mm. As, as do I but
2: just you especially Yes, I um, do. So yeah, I'm sure I would have liked her as a child. Yeah, whereas hmm. an adult I was just like I think I thought she was so full of self-confidence that then it was then frustrating when she was naive about certain things because mm, yes. she thought she was older than she was. So the whole Miss Coulter situation in the first book I found, in, found incredibly frustrating because she wants to act more grown up than she is, but she's so naive about Miss Coulter, which is understandable, but I was just like oh like be perceptive about this thing like you're being so rash it
1: so that's interesting so i was thinking earlier when i was reading the chapter to come on your guys podcast that the way that philip pullman versus jk rowling writing children is so different because Mm -hmm. i was thinking about how lyra in the first book is supposed to be like 11 and harry is also supposed to be around that age And Lyra is so much more of a child than Harry is. Yes. And all of the children in Harry Potter, they seem so, they are way too mature for their age. And I think that's like kind of a bit of a a writing fault because like you don't get like, yeah, Harry's a prick. But like when I was reading it, when I was a kid, like I didn't see any of that. And I think that it's more prominent in Lyra because I think even if I was reading Lyra as a kid, I'd be a bit like, okay, like you were saying, there's still some like naivety there. And Mm. I don't think you see that. There are points in Harry Potter where you see that, but I don't think it's as, like, Mm. prominent as it is in his dark materials.
3: And I think, like, part of that, you could argue, at least when it comes to, like, Harry, is that he was, like, raised in a very, like, abusive situation, so he's naturally more mature. But then it doesn't, like, excuse, like, I don't know, Ron, who was a pampered little prick. (laughs) And, like, yeah, Ron is really irritating sometimes in the book, but never in that, like, really, like... He is immature, but not immature for his age. Yeah, Yeah.
2: I once read something where it was, like, the Harry Potter books, like, they often think about them as, in the first book, they're, like, 14, 15, and then the ages go up one year from there, and I think that actually, like, tracks with the way they act.
1: Yes, Mm. 100%, because I think, like, Lyra is much more of a child. But then saying that when you meet will he isn't and i think obviously yeah, will is
2: very grown up yeah mm. for
1: his situation as well obviously with his looking after his mum and yeah. stuff it makes sense mm. i don't know I, I know this is not the harry potter side of this but <laughs> honestly when i was reading it earlier i was like god harry you're such a little bastard mm.
2: <laughs> valid valid yes
1: so on harry potter yes we often obviously talk about harry potter when we're chatting about the books because there are so many like comparisons to be made and i think not for us but like a lot of people were reading them at similar times and they came out at around similar times do you think there are any like comparisons that can be drawn between the harry potter characters and the hdm characters we've kind of touched on it a little bit there um but i don't know if you guys have any like further thoughts on that
2: I think thinking about it, I do see Will as very similar to Harry in a lot Mm -hmm. of ways, although I find Will a lot more endearing than Harry. (laughs) (laughs) But especially at the beginning with the weight of responsibility on their shoulders and the journey they have to go on and the sense of responsibility they feel to go on that journey. Mm -hmm. I think that is very similar. I also just, YA loves orphans. Like I know Lyra technically isn't an orphan, but she kind of behaves like an orphan. I'm just like, it's just such a cornerstone of YA to be like... Can't have parents so that they can do things. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we're
3: obliged to make the, like, bad father figure comparison of Dumbledore
0: and Lord Azriel. Oh, my God. Great yes. yes. men with a
2: capital G. Yeah. Yeah. Not good men with, yeah.
0: Men yeah. with a capital G. Yeah. yeah, big time.
2: And and it's also, like, the greater good comparison. Like, Dumbledore and Azriel are morally grey characters. They are not entirely bad because they think they're doing something to benefit a lot of people. So, yeah, there's yeah. definitely a lot of characters. Um, like similarities there. And then I also, when I was thinking about it, like a handful of you asked this, but then I was like, Lee Scoresby and serious. Oh, yes. that is, mm. yes.
1: Oh my God. The yes. Me and dad
2: and Dog Dad. Yes. <laughs> like, I don't know. There's just, I feel like there's similarities between those two in the way they become parent figures to yes. a child who they were not the parents of and the way that they are um, kind of youthful sometimes to their detriment but then we'll sacrifice everything. Oh, Taken yeah.
1: too soon. Oh god. Oh, god. oh my god. <laughs> That's such a good comparison. Uh, I feel like uh, there's been comparisons I've seen this somewhere and like maybe not to the extreme, but Umbridge and Mrs. Coulter. Mm. have like similar vibes i think they're like sickly sweetness when it comes to like children before umbridge like you know just completely yeah. let's rip
2: yeah
0: um, yeah yeah the weaponized femininity is something we talk yes. a lot about a lot about
1: yeah 100 yeah. percent. yeah yeah same with Mrs. coulter
0: i remember mentioning specifically referencing umbridge when we were talking about mrs coulter's apartment mm. the way mm. philip describes it is like pink frills everywhere and i'm like all we need is a porcelain plate with a kitten on it yeah and, it yeah, and you're there Awesome. Yes. I
2: actually really liked how they did it in the TV show it was more stylish oh, so stylish and um yeah more like glamour than pink and frills because I think that fits the character a lot better actually mm. but that might just be the time when it was written because if these books were originally written in the 90s then the pink frills was what was stylish <laughs> <laughs> it was not like Mrs. Coulter's gonna be cutting about in like a juicy couture
3: pink forlore <laughs> Wow. just a juicy on the bar. Yeah. <laughs> as she abducts children
2: <laughs> she might it's more easy to you know run around <laughs> oh do you know I just
1: popped into my head uh Roger and Colin Creevy. <gasps> I feel like yeah oh. that's a comparison oh, that
0: <laughs> hard. Yeah. who's okay who's yeah. the Yorick who, who are we thinking ooh Lupin maybe he's kind of stoic Hagrid? Hagrid. Hagrid. Yeah, Hagrid. We're just thinking Mm. large at this point. Large (laughs) and (laughs) stoic. We're good in a fight because Mm. literally having just binge listened to the entirety of um order of, order of the phoenix oh thank you for doing so much prep <laughs> oh, i was just like i do not remember this book at all so if you're interested we will be guesting on Goblet of wine and we'll be talking about mm-hmm. order of the phoenix like 32 chapters in right. and so i well. have binge listened to the first 30 chapters and hagrid yeets some wizards across the field yes he does <laughs> as he fucking should
2: <laughs> big man yeeting wizards i'd
3: yeah.
1: yeah. yes. love to see that oh,
3: mm. <laughs> I feel like there should be more than we've already thought of purely because the amount of times on your podcast when you guys are like, oh, mentioned Harry Potter, take a shot. Every time you do that, I die because I'm like, that's just our podcast. Just Harry
0: Potter. Like- yeah. We've mm. definitely had a few conversations about specters and dementors. Yes. Yes, yes definitely. Especially because you've had we've had a fair few spectral moments recently as well. It's been... And how they're portrayed in the TV series mm. is very similar to how the Dementors and how the Death Eaters move. Mm. Yes, It's very
2: similarly portrayed. It so, is, yeah. yeah. And then, it, and then it's interesting in that sense where this isn't something that applies to Death Eaters, but the way the spectres only affect. Adults. if you think about that in the way the dementors kind of work, dementors would be more effective on adults because they prey on bad memories and adults are going to be the ones that tend to have more bad memories, yeah. more bad feelings. Children who don't, they're not as susceptible to dementors. So I feel like there's a comparison there as mm-hmm. well. Absolutely. It's
1: an interesting one because I think we've spoken about this before, but obviously the His Dark Materials books came a little bit before Harry Potter mm. and they are very, very similar. And I do wonder like is that where JK, J.K. Rowling got the idea from? Was she aware of it? Because, like, mm. the way that, you know, the way that they work is a little bit different, but just everything about them, like, is, is also very similar. And I'm yeah. like, was she
0: aware? Did she know? I don't know. Did they both just show up to, like, the same TED Talk one day? <laughs> they both get the same idea at the same time? Possibly, <laughs> yeah, because
2: the Philosopher's Day was published, yeah, in 2000 and seven no 1997 but according to her she had been planning it for ages so yeah. yeah there is a lot of crossover between the publishing times yeah
1: mm. so yeah I, I don't know about that but yeah i am um, when i first read his dark materials i was like oh my god i fucking love that there are like that there are these specters because i was obsessed with dementors for so like <laughs> long when i was a kid reading harry potter i think just the way that you know it's like an allegory for like depression and yeah. mental illness mm. and stuff like that and it really stuck with me and i was like
2: yes specters more the dark vocabulary. creatures yes. <laughs> yes
0: we do we do yeah,
1: yeah we do
0: <laughs> i'd love to have a little chat about the way that magic is portrayed in both books because obviously harry potter jam-packed full of magic mm. we love a bit of quasi latin spells <laughs> and then if we compare that to philip pullman's witches in mm. like halfway through the second book when will gets his hand healed and the witches are essentially ineffective singing and begging and, like, up yeah. to the wound to heal itself. Yeah. And, like, just Sarah and beg, like, constantly being, like, very astutely, like, I need to go and gather mosses. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I need to go to look at some trees. Yeah. And it,
3: it's kind of a lot more, like, comparable to a religion, I guess, in these yeah. dark materials where it's,
2: like, it's very pagan, isn't it? Mm. Um, but it's interesting to go down that route where magic is less of a thing, more pagan, more tied to the earth in a series that is essentially higher fantasy than harry potter like harry potter is low fantasy it is firmly placed in the muggle world and it's Mm. a secret and it's this thing his dark materials is much more high fantasy there's all these different worlds there's all these different creatures and you just peel off more and more and more and more but then yeah magic is not so tangible not so real it's almost like i suppose the way i interpreted it is kind of like with the with the endless worlds thing is that there could be a world where magic is more like harry potter mm-hmm. and it's just the worlds we happen to see in his dark materials where magic presents the way it does i don't mm-hmm. know yeah
1: yeah it's an interesting one cuz it's like it it was like in a in like the simplest of terms it the way that i kind of draw the comparison is that in Harry Potter, like magic is easy. In in his Dark Materials, mm. magic is difficult, and mm. like you you you're a witch, but you you're drawing things from nature, and you're doing spells that fail, and like you're, you know, it, it's so they have to do so it's much like, prep, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so much prep to do like. Yeah. one thing that could be done in Harry Potter in two seconds Yeah. so our next question was were there any like particular standout moments from the books that you remember that resonate with you
2: I mean the ending was just traumatic yeah the ending was the most traumatic <laughs> like, thing I don't know whether you want to cover that like later when we're more talking about harrowing moments <laughs> or now but feel I feel free to
1: talk about it now Go I for it. have
2: never been more shocked by an ending of like a, like mm. I knew about three pages before the character re- characters realised that they were going to have to be separated for life that that's what was going to happen and I was just like, no, but it can't. it can't. I'm reading a children's book. It can't. And I was reading it on a bus. Oh my god. <laughs> and I no. ended up just sobbing and sobbing And I've thought about it every day since. In all honesty, as much as the Harry Potter series as a whole touched me in terms of like a moment in a book affecting me deeply, I've barely had anything resonate and and affect me as deeply as that ending of the third book had. Yeah. I I felt. I couldn't read anything else for about a month afterwards because I felt emotionally hollowed out and not ready to absorb any other media.
1: Yeah, I was honestly the same. I was fucking devastated. I remember I was reading it in my, um, I think it was Russell, the VFX supervisor that said that he was reading it on the tube. And I was like, oh, my God. But I was reading it in my bedroom. And I remember reading it. I've told the story before, but like closing the book just like breaking down into tears, immediately messaging Rach, just being like, I probably still got those messages somewhere. Just being like, how fucking could you? What the fuck? And then going into my partner at the time and he was like, oh my God, are you all right? What's happened? What's happened? And I was like, this book, I can't. I was like holding it in my hands, like, oh my fucking God. Oh God. It's just, I agree with you. I think it's one of the most like horrific, harrowing things I've like ever read.
2: Honestly, yeah. yeah. I've read a lot of books and it's one of the most, yeah, harrowing things I've ever
3: experienced. Yeah. I just um, quickly looked through the notes that I was making at the time. Cause there was like the bit when like I realized or like kind of started to be like, no, surely not. And my <laughs> note was just like, if the knife breaks cause I thought the knife was going to break and they were going to get stuck mm. in different worlds. And I, yeah, I made a note just if the knife breaks and they get stuck in different worlds. I will kill myself, but it wasn't stuck. Um, it was a choice, and that makes sense. it was! Yeah. Like, well, at least I got to say goodbye, but, like... Yeah, but, yeah, I honestly, like, horrific. And the bit I, where it
2: explains that every year they go and sit on the oh same bench an I was yeah. like, I, uh, I... I can't even articulate it, like... <laughs> how is this a book for children Uh, i thought i was dying with 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 horror at what i was reading
3: and i read this in the first lockdown i was like oh yeah lovely bit of fantasy escape how shit the world is
0: and then just ended up like in hysterics in my parents garden yeah she's like come come listen to our podcast come read these lovely books like we're going spoiler free a chapter at a time you don't know
2: what's coming have you got oh. listeners who then like have no idea what's coming and are enjoying it along with you are you prepared mm. to pay for their therapy is what mm. i'm asking mm. Mm. So that's what we're not sure about
1: <laughs> it was like we, it was devastating enough when we got to the death of lee Scoresby yeah yeah that yeah. i can't i just have no idea what we're yeah. gonna do when we get to the truly <laughs> literally.
2: But yeah, I'd, I'd say that's the bit that affected me the most. The other bits that stick with me is I thought it was so fantastically written when Lyra has to separate from her demon on the lake. I just <sighs> thought the, the emotion of what she was going through and the way it was described um, was just excellent i loved everything in sitagazi like that mm. really sticks with me so the second book is my favorite and just like the first section of it all in sitagazi i don't know ch- 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 oh god i've ch- never ch- said gatsy. it outlaid we, we, we TV yeah, yeah
1: we went with the tv series okay. that's that, I say um, that
3: <laughs>
0: when we overtake the tv series because we get all of our pronunciation <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: yeah really random side note on this um i was like because i read these like I don't know, like, a year ago now, a bit over. And my memory's really bad, so I was like, I want to just, like, listen to, like, a summary of, like, the plot to Mm -hmm. make sure that I, like, remember what was going on. And what I found was one on YouTube where it was, like, an AI, like, reading out the plot. (laughs) And for, like, Sittagazi, it was going, sea gaze,
0: sea gaze. (laughs) (laughs) I I do. To the podcast, so you're hearing the game. (laughs) exactly.
2: But yeah, that bit really stuck with me as like my favourite bit. I felt almost like comfortable there. Mm. Like I feel like the books don't quite have that thing that a lot of classic fantasy have—is that that place that you're rooting for, that one place Mm. that you're like trying to get back to. Yeah, I found Citigase. I'm very very embarrassed about saying it now. Um, Like very. Comfortable and a very mm. different pace to both other books,
3: and I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. yeah, um, I just I'm a sucker for like any media. The minute there's a queer couple, I'm just obsessed. <gasps> like, oh, the angels, <laughs> yeah, the <queer laughs> I, angel was, like, oh, I did the God. same thing with like Shits Creek where I was like enjoying it and I was like, I was like, this is fine. And then the minute that got a gay couple in it, I was like, this is the single best, best thing I've ever, ever. witnessed. <laughs> but yeah, so the minute that the queer angels came into you text it, me just saying gay angel, and I was like, I've been wanting you to text this. Yes, (laughs) like, honestly, that, I just, I just love them.
1: We got, we did those chapters very recently, and we were the same, like, coming up to it, we were like, oh my god, the gay angels are coming, oh my god, it's amazing, yes! And then we were like, oh my fucking god, like, we only have one chapter with them before they fucking Kill off Baroque, and we were like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, because yeah, it
2: really like, sticks in my mind. But yeah, yeah, because I was
1: like, originally I thought we had so much more time with them, but we don't. And we did a whole thing about like how you know, like fucking bury a gay trip and all that kind of stuff. And it's just like the only out queer couple that we have in these books. Obviously, we make everything queer
0: they they love each other more than friends yeah. <laughs> more than roommates yeah. we definitely had a conversation about in the episode yeah. where I was like JK can claim that she wrote Dumbledore Gate all that she wants she did not physically write that in the book yeah. and Phil wrote that he loved that they loved each other passionately and that they, mm. they were not just companions yeah. Okay, it was yeah, very yeah. clear and I was like that is how you make it textual yeah. he's not bat canon and then murder yeah. one of them Yeah, oh, yeah. immediately, he was
1: immediately. He definitely
0: didn't think that through yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> But yeah, love love those two. Like, yes,
0: put it in writing. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what
1: we love to see. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Don't just be like, any
3: like knitting. <laughs> <laughs> I just did the gay hand gesture for yeah, ding, all our audio done. listeners. You did. Ding, ding,
0: ding. Yeah. Ding. <laughs> yeah. Queer characters, yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Absolutely. We've done like favorite moments. Do you have any favorite characters? Will. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) we kind of covered it a little bit. Are there any like standout side characters that you feel deserve an honorable mention at the same time while we're on just like classic character writing?
2: Second Will is Mary. I think she's such an amazingly written adult in a Mm. children's story. And I think she's an amazingly written adult because she has this willingness to learn And listen to children, which I think in the books it's portrayed that most adults don't. And that's why she's the serpent. But Mm. yeah, she remembers what it would be to be a child and she... This is what I kind of liked. I Again, I really want to know what I would have thought of her as a child because an adult, I read her like, oh, wow, she's so intelligent. She's so perceptive. Her whole section in book three about learning a different culture um, and, and learning their ways is so beautifully written mm. and just something I've never seen in literature before. Um, and, yeah, I just think she's an amazingly written adult female character. I'm definitely
1: gay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah
2: got lovely, love Lee, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I found Lee really boring when I hated him when he first came in the book. Oh no! no. My mind changed but when he first appeared. They kept switching to his chapters and I was like, no, I want to get back to the plot. Who are you? <laughs> By like halfway through the book, I was like, no, I love him. But yeah, the first few chapters, I was like, oh, go
3: away. Mm. Yeah. I, I had like such a different mental image to him than I feel like a lot of people did because when Lynn got cast, everyone was like, "Oh, he's too young and blah, blah, blah. Mm. But I pictured him as like quite a young, like skinny, energetic guy like definitely like Lin wasn't what I pictured but I do love him but like definitely closer to Lin than like a lot of people just saw him as
0: a lot older Yeah. Mm. so when he got cast and people were like talking about it I was like huh I think what? the casting for the film threw a lot of people off because of yeah. Sam... Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott in the film and he's obviously very silver of hair yeah. and like for me that was Lee Gorsby for ages because the film came out so close to the books that um, or like so close after I read the books that it all kind of merged yeah. for all almost- my subsequent reread so I wonder if a lot mm. of people have that Sam Elliott image mm. yeah but, yeah
2: I didn't yeah. picture him as older because I'd never seen the film like I I pictured him kind of just yeah, yeah. like middle-aged like yeah I, I never... also haven't seen the film so yeah. that's probably
1: why it's interesting I suppose for me but I, I suppose I didn't know when I first read it but obviously I did when we started reading for the podcast because we were doing the podcast but I didn't know that there was going to be like a TV show and it would have been cast at that time, I would imagine when Mm. I was reading it. But I always pictured him as quite young as well. And they do describe him in the book as like, I think they do describe him as... (laughs) 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 I think they do describe him as being older, right? Like he's got gray hair maybe, I don't know. I don't think he
0: does. I think he has dark hair. It's just, it's really hard to get that old. Didn't we work out
1: that he would have been like in his 60s? I mean...
0: It's because he just talks about retirement a lot as yeah. well. Yeah, I
1: forget everything. Me. As soon as something's out of my mouth I forgot I've said it but I, I swear we looked into Same. it and we were like trying to work out how old he was in the books but now mm. I always pitched him as younger especially because like it's that really hot moment where he's like draped over the armour and I was like he's fucking hot.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of casting I like I was so pleased to see the TV show cast Will as black because yes. I had pictured him as white because I'm a white person and mm-hmm. yeah like I think like what most people do you just you read what you yeah you imagine kind of what you're used to and then i think a lot of tv shows will cast black characters as secondary characters but not as one of the main characters so i was just so pleased to see them make that decision and that actor is absolutely fantastic amir wilson, so it's, wilson yeah, oh my gosh like he's incredible. Fantastic. so yeah. yeah i was just, as soon as like because i had avoided the casting photos and then when i saw he'd been cast i was like oh my god that works perfectly oh my gosh i'm so excited
1: yeah. The casting for the show we spoke to the casting directors mm. but like it's incredible they've mm. done such a good job of make, making it very diverse yes. and not in a way that feels like it's been shoehorned yeah, in either yeah, yeah. like and it's yeah they, they did a really fucking good job as well Ruta Scardi, Jada Nuka who plays Ruta Scardi. oh my god she's fucking so incredible um, but yeah the casting I don't think they I don't there's not I don't think there's one person in the cast that I'm like they shouldn't be in the cast Do you know what I mean I think they mm-hmm. casted everything really really well mm. especially Lynn <laughs>
0: <laughs> come on podcast again then
1: and, and Ruth Wilson oh my god she's so yes. nice amazing incredible
0: I was so elated when they cast Ruth Wilson because mm. we have I know that you love publishing discrepancies yes <laughs> I publishing do <laughs> we have a publishing discrepancy oh between she our is. books mm. in my books um, printed in like in the 90s yeah it's like only one year after mm. they were first published Mrs. Coulter is a brunette I have always read her as a brunette she is a femme fatale mm. she is classic mm. like film noir femme fatale brunette mm-hmm. facebook she's blonde mm-hmm. and in the that. Mm-hmm.
1: so the reason we think the reason why and i and we've seen this on like i can't we did look it up at one point didn't we but the reason why is because it's absolutely ridiculous honestly the, uh, philip pullman loved nicole kidman as mrs coulter right. so much that he changed the color of her hair in the books <gasps> how fucking ridiculous is that That's insane. so ridiculous
0: also- is that i don't know if it's 100 percent true that's what the general i'm pretty sure it is, is yeah. but then if, oh, he's also him. he's
1: also gone on record to say that once something is done like it's published mm. it's published and you can't make any changes to it that's what he says at the introduction of the lantern slides which are like little um like extra little bits at the end of the books so that didn't fit into the story and he mm. took them out but then I'm like, "You did it, Phil. You fucking <laughs> did it. You went back and changed Mrs. Costa's oh hair." I've yeah. never
3: heard that. That's crazy. Such a strange
1: tiny thing to do as well.
3: Yeah.
1: It doesn't really make much sense. Mm.
3: Okay. I definitely see her as brunette in my yeah. brain.
1: I always see her as being a little like little I feel like in the show Ruth Wilson's got like a tiny tinge of like a red head to her. Like mm. her, her brown has really warm, mm. so it like kind of gives me that vibe, but mm. Oh, Ruth. <laughs> Please come on the podcast, Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> Please notice us. <laughs> um, do you have a favourite demon of the series or demons that you particularly like or don't
2: like? Obviously I love Pan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I think my second favourite is, I've forgotten the name, but Lee Scoresby's demon. Hester. Hester. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. sassy. I love yes. sass. <laughs> I will yes. say, yeah, I really
3: can't remember names, but like the, the main witch's demon is a good one. Kaiser. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. the snow goose that they turned into a hawk in the TV series yeah. and I like, told the to effects <laughs> producer off for it I was like Russell why did you not have a goose why did
2: you make him a I do feel like a goose would look silly like I just that, that, feel that like was, a yeah. goose was gonna bring the tone of to the the yeah. TV show to silly levels that was such
1: a funny moment in that interview as well because uh Russell Said to us like, oh, like because you're like big fans of the show. I want to ask you, like, is there anything that you didn't like or and like what like? And I was like, oh, I just basically dropped Rach in it, and I was like, Rach has got a question for that, actually. <laughs> haven't you, Rach? Haven't you, Rach? Yeah. She was like, huh? why is my goose not a goose? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Basically said because um if you wanted like a shot of a goose that was just the head and the shoulders, it would have no shoulders, and it would look really weird. <laughs>
2: oh my god. <laughs> because yeah you didn't like shots where they were the bird uh, was sat at the bottom of the frame so yeah it was just mm. a goose just but neck. also like
3: have any of you played the um annoying goose game where yes. you just like go like wah, wah, wah. <laughs> and that's the entire that's it would just make me think of that yeah,
1: yeah. very true very
3: very that true. probably wasn't their reasoning but it's mine yeah
1: <laughs> speaking of demons as well a little bit of like harry potter crossover that um Stell Maria was voiced by the I was her name. Was it Helen Macquarie? Yeah, who McQuarrie, played Narcissa? Uh, Narcissa, yeah, yeah. She oh. passed away recently. She did, yeah. yeah. So they I don't know if they've already recast Stel Maria or not. Oh gosh, mm. she was halfway
3: through.
2: Oh
1: gosh. Yeah. That's so
2: oh, yeah.
1: Sad. Is there any other Harry Potter crossover in terms of
2: cast? That's a good question. Yeah. I bet there is in terms of crew.
1: Yeah, I would uh, imagine but so. I can't
2: think in terms of cast.
1: Hmm. No, I don't. I don't know if there is. If there is, people are going to scream um, us yeah, on they, Twitter. They will scream us
0: on Twitter. I feel like the person mm. that is there is most likely to be crossover with in the cast is maybe for because mm. they love, like, a, a British staple actor. and yeah. he's been a lot of stuff. But then I also mm. feel like I scrolled through because I found him familiar and did not see Harry Potter on that list.
2: I also feel like, yeah, the casting, apart from Lee Scoresby and Will's dad, was all mostly more more unknown people. Not, like, fully unknown, but not yeah. as big names. I feel like they led with those two names and everyone else was a lot less known which i think was a really great decision
1: yeah Mm. yeah they went like rich said they went for like a lot of you know like staple british actors that Mm. that aren't as big as maybe the people that they got for like harry potter but were known more for like you know like theater and like older stuff but yeah they did like i said they did a great job yeah i actually just
2: thought of another harry potter comparison though as you Mm. said demons which is the obvious one which is patronus it's like it's funny how ya and a lot of ya fiction and fantasy fiction has this kind of Animal companion that is something to do with a representation of you. Like it, it is a trope within fantasy fiction, yeah. which is interesting. Interesting. Can Patronuses change or do they stay the same? Sh- yes, they, they can change because yeah. Tonks's changes and the Snapes? Snapes changes. Oh yeah. God, it's been so. Or does it long change long or, long or, long or long has long it always long. been the dough? Tonks's definitely changes. Yeah. Yeah,
3: I don't we definitely know that it is. Yeah, I guess I guess because Maybe
2: not, because by the time he would have cast a Patronus, he was he always was... in love with Lily. Yeah. But yeah, Toxes mm. is the but one of the books did... that... And Dumbledore mentions, it says, after a, a big trauma or a big life change, your Patronus yes. can change. Because I swear, Which maybe I'm we... imagining it, but I swear mm. it changes after she dies. But I could be
0: imagining that. Mm. Yeah. So we definitely hold the belief, after one of our chats with a previous book club with Kristen, if you've not listened, go and listen to it. It's a mm. great one. Uh, and we agree with her theory that there is no way that your demon would stay the exact same your whole life. Because that's a it is, really
1: good
3: point we well, that, shift
0: so much as people yeah. through the different phases of our life and so the fact that Patronuses can change is one of maybe the few mm. things that JK's done right that all <laughs> out on. yeah, yeah that's but,
2: a good because I because I was trying to look up earlier like actually just like canonically what a demon is and it's basically a part of your soul outside of your own body mm-hmm. so I suppose like kind of maybe the point is that you change as a person what changes is you but the the truest part of your soul will always remain the same and maybe that's Mm. that that's what it's kind of saying but
3: what it also makes me think of is like the Hogwarts house system where it's like they're fucking 11 (laughs) like it's and it's like it's so then it's the argument of like does the sorting hat see something deeper yeah um but then it's like I'm sorry you when you're 11 and you when you're 60 or, like, you know, even when you're 30 or something, like, I don't yeah. know, like, I, my entire life have been like, oh, I'm so clearly Slytherin. Mm. The older I get, I'm like, oh, I'm getting more and more Hufflepuff. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. yeah. What I find weird in Harry Potter, though, is that they even think about houses after they've left school. My ha- my secondary school had a house system. They yeah. were named after, like, local lakes, and it was yeah. just a way of organising us for assemblies but I'm not still like, yeah, Lady Bower till I die. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Stratter! They did like weirdly put us in in family groups. Like my sister and two cousins were all in Lady Bower. Like they weirdly grouped us by family into the same houses, <laughs> which is why it makes sense that all the Weasleys are like Gryffindors. yeah. Gryffindors. <laughs> um, but like... Yeah, I'm not still weirdly obsessed yeah. with being a lady. I don't remember. Why, why what... is the wizarding world not letting it go? It yeah. was
2: just secondary school. It's honestly, I was having a long discussion with our patrons the other day, and we'll talk about it when we get to the end of the books, that it really irritates me at the end of the books that they defeat Voldemort. But then if you're going to do an epilogue, what it's not about is actually changing the fabric of wizarding society, i.e. things like the house system, which mm. cause rivalries that last through adulthood, that cause like issues throughout adulthood, especially between purebloods and muggle-borns. that's not yeah. defeated because there's still a conversation at the train from, oh, Yeah. dad what if I'm in Slytherin yeah. it shouldn't matter anymore yeah. because yeah. in defeating Voldemort you should be taking away these prejudiced things yeah. that you're yeah. putting on 11 year olds it's like
3: we defeated the bad guy but not the system that produced him
0: yes <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's a big difference between JK and Phil JK went after the, the, the big baddie and Phil goes after the system Phil yeah. really the goes hard system. after the oh, system oh fucking does. yeah
1: but it's interesting though and again I know you guys have Haven't read them, so I'm not going to spoil too much. But we do learn in like the second book of Dust, Secret Commonwealth, that it hasn't changed massively. Like there's still like there's still systems at play that are Mm. you know I can't remember if it is the Magisterium that's still there. The patriarchy
2: is still shitty. The patriarchy still exists. (laughs) I mean, I suppose in both cases, it's kind of realistic that whatever ten to twenty years is not actually enough to change things. Mm. systematically yeah. it's enough to just begin to make changes i very excited for you guys to read the books of
0: justin Ooh. let us know
2: what you think about they're on the shelf i need to get round
0: to them <laughs> yeah
3: you should yeah you should. but
2: there's so many books there <laughs> there's so many books <laughs> on that them. shelf
0: <laughs> <laughs> have you seen the tv series and have you re- seen the film we know you've not seen the film
2: no film yes tv series no to the ne- the next two books yeah um i've not seen the film i've seen the
3: first of the tv series maybe one or two of the second season mm-hmm. um i need to watch the rest i've been saving it
1: yes. um and yeah
3: i've not read the other books
1: the golden compass film mm. good lord
2: i've heard so many things i'm, <laughs> I'm so glad i didn't watch it but i child. really want to watch it now i always mean to yeah i kind of want to watch it now now i've watched the tv series that adapts mm. that book i definitely didn't want to before the tv series yeah. because i didn't want to get the images confused but i also want to know what went so wrong with it that nothing more of it got made like i want to find out, what so, to find out
0: why you had religious donors
2: yeah, oh, oh, so it wasn't that the film
1: is bad. The film is bad. Oh, the
2: film is also bad. <laughs> so I'm... Double <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm really fucking glad that, like, I didn't... Because I, obviously I didn't read the books as a kid, but I'm also really glad that I didn't see the film mm. as a kid because I think it would have put me off yeah. full life. Um, And then we finished Northern Lights and we watched it with our patrons and it was my first time. And <laughs> honestly, I just... Like, it's it's difficult because it's like, you don't want to, like, shit all over something that somebody put a lot of time in creating. But, like, it's just terrible. (laughs)
0: Like, it really is. (laughs) We did research into it at the time. Then found out that it got passed between a couple of directors. It got passed between a few different editors. Like, New Line Cinema was trying to peg it as the next big thing after Lord of the Rings. Just isn't the same vibe Mm. at all. Mm -hmm. So they were paying it to the wrong audience. And then just everything went wrong in editing. To the point at which... Not to spoil the shit film for you, they don't even kill Roger off at the end of the first book. He's just alive. Yeah. Why? Then what were they planning on doing? How did they open the portal?
1: <laughs> they don't they don't, do they? They, they just do. sail off. So I when it ends, um, there's like been a it's it ends after the battle of Bolvanga with uh, Lyra and like Roger
2: floating off in the balloon with Lee. That's our end. Yeah. Oh, I assume because if they were going for the Lord of Rings, they wanted to end it on a big battle. So I think they wanted
1: what we read was that they wanted to then put that in the second film when it got greenlit but it never got greenlit because like Rach mentioned the studios uh, didn't want to get into the whole like religious
2: you feel stuff. i feel like they should have maybe read all three books right? before they chose to <laughs> yeah, pay yeah. the money to adapt mm. the first one yeah. like
1: just read on yeah. <laughs> so they cut they also cut so much out of that film that it really tonally shifts really badly and it doesn't make a lot of it's sense out of order. it's out of order yeah. and um what they did is they released a golden compass video game which we have and we need to play. Yes. <laughs> um but they've put a lot of the cut scenes into the game. Yeah. So there's um so Daniel Craig it's Daniel Craig right that plays Azreel. Yeah. Daniel Craig plays Azreel. Which I do think
2: is a fantastic cast. Yeah
1: right and there's like scenes with him and Lyra when she uh, meets him on his like, you know, in this big house on the icy hill to talk about basically how he's going to fucking murder a child. They put that in the game, but it's not in the film. So like they've just used these clips that they didn't use in the film, in the game as like cut scenes. All of it's bananas. And it's just like, how, how has this happened? What a mess. Like yeah, what an
2: entire what mess. mess. I want to I wanna watch
1: it. <laughs> yeah, I really, really, I feel like I want to watch it with the
3: same energy that I want to watch Cats.
1: <laughs> oh god i tried watching cats and i got like 20 minutes in and i was like i can't do this
2: cats is fantastic <laughs> it's fantastic in the way that it is pure enjoyment if you just accept that it is the worst thing you've ever yeah. laid eyes on i had the be- i watched it in the middle of lockdown and had the best night of my <laughs> life i just got smashed and was laughing at everything would highly oh recommend
1: <laughs> oh my god but yeah you'll have to let us know if you do watch Golden yes, definitely because I'd love to know your thoughts. I'll
2: probably do it this weekend now.
3: Cuz I need like a brainless watch cuz I'm going to like deep clean and organize my flat. So I feel like having that on in the
0: background is like yeah. Good. good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, you won't miss much while you're cleaning <laughs> I
0: feel like I've got to get us back on track somehow. I don't know how I'm Sorry. to say us back to being on track from cats <laughs> to
2: uh just do it really awkwardly like like, so um so so every time i have to i go so
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay so
3: So normally after i overshare she's like
2: anyway anyway (laughs)
3: let's move on
0: (laughs) it's more a case of if there's anything that really stands out to us that we've touched on and we want
2: to jump Mm -hmm. back to or anything like that i feel like you guys touched on, We've touched on religion. I, d- I did make like a few kind of more notes about that, how I found it funny that like Philip Pullman is really scathing of organized religion, mm-hmm. but the concept of some religious things like an afterlife and things like that are really present in the books mm-hmm. and not seen mm-hmm. as a bad thing. And I like the way it's not scathing of religion as a concept it's scathing of organized religion i really really like that clarification um and also it's just hilarious how scathing of religion it is like i was shocked with the bit with the angel pretending to be god fell out the carriage thing and died i was just like (laughs) what (laughs) am i reading what is happening (laughs) um but then you guys mentioned the patriarchy and i was trying to like remember so were you more talking about like when you say like the patriarch is still bad are you talking about like specifically in Lyra's world because I feel like Will's world is similar to our world so it's the same level of shitty patriarchy Mm. it's more in terms of how the magisterium
0: Mm. is a manifestation of the patriarchal system that are shitty in our world yeah Yeah. but just like to the millionth degree Mm -hmm. in terms of like how they can weaponize religion yeah Yeah, we
1: talk a lot about how Mrs. Coulter's life may have been different and if she wasn't born Mm. into that world in the sense of like Mrs. Coulter is who she is but she had to manipulate in order to climb the ladder at the magisterium Yeah, if she could have because it's obviously a patriarchal system if she could have gone in clean and worked her way up cleanly however you want to put it would she have become the woman that she is? And also the whole thing around her being a scorned woman and, you know, feeling so embarrassed that um, she had a child out of wedlock with Azrael that she abandoned it and Azrael abandoned Lyra and all that kind of stuff that you wonder if it would have happened to her if she'd have been able to grasp that power in a way that was
2: allowed. Mm. Yes. Mm. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, I do think that's... (laughs) Yeah, really interesting. Yeah, the Magisterium is definitely like... D- yeah, it like combines politics and the patriarchal religion all together into one like massive awfulness that like Philip yeah. <laughs> Pullman is just attacking the system. I yeah. think the only thing that isn't
0: within Lyra's world that we have in our world, especially that resonates for the UK, is the monarchy, right? Because mm-hmm. that's the one thing that isn't, aside from with the Bear Kings and mm. the, the Ice Bears and Svalbard, there isn't a really strong like monarchy presence in Lyra's world is very much as if the church and the state never separated like yeah. we have a separation there we mm. broke away from the seat of power being with the pope when Henry decided he wanted a divorce and made his own church and then a lot of stuff separated from there like mm. we had our own like separation in yeah. the UK of like between church and parliament and um I guess Phil's version of the world is that separation never happened. The Mm. seat of power is still whoever is in charge of the church. Yeah. And it all springs off from there, which is...
2: It's so funny because I had no idea that the second book entered like our world into it because the first book doesn't hint at that really at all, like this Mm. different world thing and the fact that that's going to happen. So when I was reading the first book, like I knew so little about it that I assumed, although it was like a magical different world that it was set in kind of 1950s 1940s kind of era because of the um the balloon things and just yeah. like the way they were talking about women's place in society i was like oh it's kind of like 1940s if the war didn't happen kind of thing and then when the second book comes in with will i was like what the what How, sorry okay <laughs> and now i'm confused <laughs> one of my favorite things about that
1: is when i first read it i remember messaging rich because i was the same i didn't really know that either um they mentioned going to burger king in the beginning of the all night yeah. and i was like burger king what <laughs> the fuck <laughs> Just no, after you write up. that down to it reality, really you're like, does. oh. And we've got like um an encyclopedia of sorts of like, his dark materials. And it tells you all the places that I mm. mentioned and Burger King's in the index. And it always makes me smile when it's
2: he- <laughs> Yeah, when they were running through Oxford, like, because I grew up not that far from Oxford and they're running through Will's Oxford. I was like, yeah, I know where that is. Yeah, that's true. Oh my God, this is just Oxford. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I think also when we mentioned the patriarchy, there's also little things like in the soul knife when uh, Lyra, she has to change her clothes and she's like, oh my God, but girls only wear skirts. Like, and she doesn't can't my trousers and mm. like all that kind of stuff. And when we spoke to... Uh, the costume designer Caroline McCall. We asked her about that, didn't we? Because it was before the second season had come out, and we were like, uh is uh, how's that going to work?" And she was like, "Yeah, we're we're disregarding that." And I was like, "Cool, mm-hmm.
0: cool." Because yeah. also, you've already seen Daphne wearing multiple things that have two legs. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. trousers. She, she
1: runs over a lot of rooftops.
0: She sure does. So, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> the other part of the patriarchy we didn't mention in Lyra's world is the scholars and the fact that Lyra is mm. grown up in an institution that has shunned the female scholars into their own little shitty little room on the side and they aren't allowed in the retiring room and Lyra has been brought up by men that are derisive to women and their intelligence and therefore has grown up with a lot of those opinions yeah and it's a lot of the first well she spends a lot of time dealing with some really internalized misogyny Yeah, you I mean, have to call out on a regular basis.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> on the first book, she's like, oh, women are silly. Yeah. And it's funny that she was raised in this way. Like the men are raising her in this way, but then what do they expect from her when she's an adult, when they've raised her under their like system? What yeah. do they expect her to do?
1: Yeah, very true.
2: Uh, I also think, but then the witches are really, really interesting in that sense because they live under a totally different system. Like mm-hmm. they're they're all women, obviously. And the the way that's described in the books is just like, a totally different setup of a system that's Mm -hmm. absent from the patriarchy because it's not within that world. And I think that was really cool to see because it's like, here are some people not affected by these, or not affected as much by these systems.
1: Yeah. We talk a lot about how queer the witches must be because it's like you don't grow up in a society full of women with no men and you you're straight, you know what I mean? Like,
2: <laughs>
0: That's not <laughs> get to not live like 300 years or whatever. Yeah. It's just like, yes, there's
2: some long ass lesbian
0: relationships happening
2: right now. <laughs> yeah. Breakup's yes. going to be tough if it happens. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes. Also the fact that Serafina... Every time she talks to Richard Scardie, it's like, she's hot. She's hot. She's hot. They're going to bang. They're going to yes. bang. Okay. Kiss.
1: Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Most of our podcast episodes, are was just screaming, just
0: kiss. Just kiss already. Okay.
3: <laughs> and I mean, which is
0: just inherently gay in
1: anything ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Completely.
0: <laughs> we kind of touched on it. We were talking a little bit about Mrs. Coulter and mm-hmm. how ambitious she is. Mm-hmm. Would you like to try and sort some kiss Yes, yeah. please. As, like, Let's do that. Game. I would okay. love to. What okay. do you think Lyra is? Start with the main characters. Oh, Gryffindor, surely. A
2: little bit of Slytherin energy from Lyra.
0: I
1: think she's got a little bit of Slytherin energy as well.
3: But she's so, like, bold and gobby and
1: yeah. she's a bit of a jock. But she is quite yeah. slippery in the she's sense cunning. that she's a very good she's liar. She's very
0: cunning. She's yeah. very cunning. Mm. How I would that... she think she's a Gryffindor, but she definitely is a Slytherin?
2: Or vice versa. Mm. Mm. I, could, I could put her in... I think she starts up because of Slytherin in and becomes a gryffindor by the end mm. because she should be able to change. Her. So, yes, should. <laughs> yeah. She should. Okay, what about Will?
3: half Yeah. He just cares so much. <laughs> <laughs> Basically,
0: He's anyone the- decent I'm always at half but This is the thing, like he is brave, but it's it's from a place of like loyalty. Yeah. yeah. More He's than so loyal. Else. Yeah. Mm. Oh god, Will. Oh, <laughs> Will. <laughs> My heart. <laughs> Coulter's a Slytherin. Yeah. Asriel's a Slytherin. I'm yeah. sorry the Slytherin in the room. I'm, I'm calling all the dickhead <laughs> Slytherins.
1: Fair. He could also be Ravenclaw.
0: Yeah. Mm. I think Mrs. Coulter
1: could also be Ravenclaw.
0: Mm-hmm. Maybe Asriel more than Coulter because he seems to be very... Snobbish, educationally. Yeah, yeah. and, and he's yeah, yeah. selling like, all the
3: houses. I think <laughs> he's driven by knowledge, and she's driven by like an obsession of power. That's yeah. true.
1: That's true. Yeah.
2: Yeah. True. He is very driven by yeah knowledge and wanting to know more. Mm. And in some ways, like Dumbledore, create a better world. And Dumbledore was in Gryffindor, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Mm.
1: <laughs> yeah. What about Lee? Oh, Lee. Lee.
2: Again, is it big Hufflepuff mm. energy? I think I think it, it must big... be. Yeah, but then. He was kind of like like a jock, like going around the world, like saving people. That's kind of Gryffindor energy, Mm. mainly. But also, he's like thing is, he's like ambitious in the way that
3: he's like, I just want to like get this balloon and retire. That's (laughs) ambition, like you know. But yeah, I think I think doesn't have to be a girl boss to be (laughs) ambitious.
0: I feel like Yorick is potentially like pure Gryffindor right yeah in terms of like he's all about the fight he's all about bravery he's all Mm. about like honor and bravery yeah just doing it how it's supposed to be done which is why I feel like maybe Lee is a great Hufflepuff because like a little Hufflepuff Mm.
1: Gryffindor yeah
0: bro ship yeah yeah
2: yeah
1: yeah Yeah. what about Mary
2: Mary Ravenclaw I was gonna say Ravenclaw Ravenclaw yeah
1: yeah definitely but so yeah. in the
2: way where she doesn't gatekeep the knowledge, yeah. she mm-hmm. wants to yeah. share the knowledge. The best type of Ravenclaw. If, so. you, if we were doing, how do you feel
0: about blended houses <laughs> <laughs> on your podcast? That's fine. We can go with that. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Ravenpuff would be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just. Just for the... I just want to call... i just like, everyone's so nice. I'm just going to say that they're nice and they're <laughs> other, yeah. other qualities. Yeah. Have we, yes. have we missed anyone? People are going to shout. It. I did miss uh, Mary. I usually
1: forget about Mary and it's
3: horrible. Well, we've
0: got the, the Egyptians. We've got like Mar Costa, John Far. Mm. All the all Egyptian
3: family. Um, they all kind of blended into one for me when I was reading. Yeah. I was like, oh...
1: Yeah. They did for me when uh, when I was reading it the first time. It's mm. only when I've been doing the podcast that obviously I separate them out. Mar Costa stood out a little bit more because she seems like, she's more mother-y to Mm. Lyra. And also, I just feel like female characters stand out to be more than male characters do anyway.
0: She has big Mrs. Weasley energy. Yeah. She, like, mothers and is...
2: Yeah. 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 And And how anyone... She'll be anyone's mother. Yeah. But
0: also, is formidable if you get on her bad side. Yes, Yeah, 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 she definitely does have
2: that energy, Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I don't know about the Egyptians. I feel like I feel like a lot of them would definitely belong in the same house because they're such a like like the Weasleys. They're such a close knit like group mm. of people. But I don't know what house
2: that would I be. I mean, they're very brave for wanting to go rescue all the children like all together. So maybe yeah, they are like the Weasleys and but all. But then that's Ricfandor also loyal. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah, it's almost like we all have different personality traits. I
1: know. <laughs> it's almost like the house system doesn't work.
0: <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Bathsheba and Baruch.
1: Ooh, Ravenclaw.
0: Oh yeah, mm. I was gonna say Baruch because he's just a big golden retriever boyfriend. is maybe Gryffindor. Mm. He's just a big old jock. Yeah, <laughs> he's, yes. a, he's he's a lovely hot jock. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they're a Gryffindor Slytherin pairing because balthamoss is very like, yeah, Balth- um, cunning, sarcastic, cutting, tom, very cutting, cutting, cutting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and also him. then that's like yeah. an adorable. Harry. yeah, just yeah. That grip, that
1: grip Some, one of the <laughs> one of my favorite emails that we've ever gotten is somebody emailed us saying that whenever they um picture uh balthamoth they picture billy eichner and i was oh, like yeah, oh my god i yeah. they just changed the entire like my reading of him now when he ever makes a sarcastic comment i just think of billy eichner i'm yeah. just like yeah 100 <laughs> yeah
3: do you know who that is no just smiling and not really on the street. No. Oh wait, Parks and Recs. Um... Craig, 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 Craig—the one that's Craig. just angry about everything—comes in when the towns merges. Um, makes really so good do. friends with Donna. The it's guy like, that she's just my yells friend about and everything.
1: she drove me here. It's that guy. I
0: don't remember this. You've I need to rewatch Car-
3: Parks and
2: Recs.
0: American Horror Story. No. no, I'm sorry. I would encourage
1: you to. Go on YouTube and search Billy, Billy on the street. Okay. He's basically it's just right. like a guy from New York that runs around screaming at people. Right. But
3: you, you know the phrase like, for a dollar, name a woman. Yeah. That's him. him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Got she it, got it, got doesn't it. doesn't really do pop culture, bless her. <laughs> um, or to physical
2: touches. It's more that you're insulting me. <laughs>
1: yeah. Okay. Two questions that we always ask people. And I'm going to ask them your birth, and then you can just separate them out and answer them. If you could ask the alethiometer one question, what would it be? And if you could cut through to any world using the subtle knife, what would that world be like?
2: Oh my God. I don't you know which of so you wants to go 1st stuck on the alethiometer one. It's so difficult. Can I... you tell me what other guests have answered, please? <laughs> so what have
0: people said? Someone was like, are we going to be okay?
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> it was like, the oh, wow. Beginning of yeah. the pandemic and they were like, will it be all right? Yeah. We <laughs> were like, oh fuck. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs>
1: Um, we changed that a little bit though as well didn't we because people were struggling with it and we changed it to be like if when we've like interviewed like the cast and crew if you could tell yourself one thing now like to yourself before you started Mm -hmm. what would it be so maybe before you started your podcast what would you tell yourself? what would you now now tell tell yeah yeah
2: a very low level, I would have told us just to get decent microphones straight away. Yeah,
1: fair.
2: Um, we're obsessed with the fact that our audio quality was bad at the beginning. People like the fact we grew, leave it alone. But <laughs> I'm raised by a sound engineer. So <laughs> oh, what? Oh, this is such a hard I know we should have prepared for this one more and I did mm. try and I was just like, I think I
3: it's a difficult don't one. Know. In like in general, if I could ask it anything, and this is gonna just be the most nerdy, slithering answer in the world, I would just wanna like, I always have a lot of different business ideas, and I'm like Will it work out yeah. so that I know like kind of which one to do and whether to take the risk or not? Yeah, that's
1: good, um, that's
3: good I, I'm sorry that was so Slytherin. No, I that's just, a good
2: one. I feel like I'd want to... Check that people I've, like, lost touch with or things like that are, like, okay. Like, I don't oh. want to talk to them. Or no. maybe it's not even someone <laughs> that I, like, like I just want to know if they're okay or something like that. Like, how are these people that I no longer speak to doing? Love that.
0: When you have that, like, hmm, I wonder where they ended up. Though. Yeah. And then they're yeah. stalkable.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah. That. Yeah. But, yeah, sometimes in a sweet way of being like, oh, I lost touch with you. Like, people from primary school, what are you doing? Are you happy? What's happening? But, yeah, then also people I want to stalk me, like, where are you? <laughs> (laughs) am i doing better in life than you (laughs) that's what linkedin is for Mm. yeah apart from that one time i didn't realize that unless you turn it off you can see when people stalk Uh, you that ended badly for me
0: (laughs) 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 i think the amateur much more reliable than linkedin yes Mm, absolutely
1: yeah what about what about the knife Do you have an idea of where you would want to cut through to
3: Is it, like, any world or, like, the ones in the... So... (laughs) Not this one. Yeah. (laughs) Anything else. It's usually,
1: when we've asked other people it, it's kind of, like, I suppose the other way of asking the question is, like, what would your, like, perfect world or environment be?
3: One where we hadn't had a Tory government for the past gazillion years Mm -hmm. and Brexit hadn't happened and the pandemic hadn't happened. I'll
2: go back further. I just fuck the patriarchy. Get rid of it. Throw it in the bin. What would the world be like without the
3: patriarchy? Cut back to uh, a timeline with the chaos with Nick Clegg. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh god yeah <laughs> yeah good answers a lot of people always go for the before the pandemic or before Brexit and I like, just yeah yeah,
2: yeah. yeah definitely mm. but I also would love to go to the world with the um the mufula the malefa those ones yeah, yeah i just yeah. find it fascinating i'm like what the hell that's so random i love it you yeah. hated them yeah they to me out. <laughs> they are creepy i agree i don't
3: really like a lot of animals i'm aware that i've gone on this podcast and be like i don't like kids i don't like animals <laughs> like no i do like cats and stuff like i love but like i don't know like wildlife i'm a bit like mm, just stay over there
1: i'll look at you from afar yeah don't come anywhere near me mm-hmm. i get that
2: especially if they're giant
0: scary diamond swans uh, yeah
2: yeah those yeah. diamond swans were fucking terrifying mm.
0: mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah um,
3: do you do you both know what your demons are have you thought about it oh we had such a conversation about yeah, this yeah we did
2: and like we couldn't, just because uh, it shouldn't be just like an animal you like, it should be like the yeah. distillation of your soul. Yeah. Um, and then we both got really stuck because we couldn't like mm. think of enough different animals and I tried taking a BBC quiz and it gave me a gecko and I was like mm. right, interesting, okay. But I don't think the quiz had that many options because when I scrolled to the comments a lot of other people had a gecko uh, and I was okay. like, mm, this hasn't got enough options. Yeah, <laughs> and we kind of both of our instincts went cats because we both
3: love cats and also yeah. like, I don't know, they're very cold, unloving, antisocial, like it's a but big But they're also, big- like, they're
2: there antisocial <laughs> but they're funny and Mm. um they're they're intelligent and if they like you they like you exactly Mm, yeah and if they don't they don't and i like that as a distillation Mm. of my soul but i'm not sure if i'm just bigging myself up because i love cats yeah Um, but then
0: i'm right here i have no qualms with people being like cats yeah okay (laughs)
3: then Hannah looked up like an article that was like what would your demon be based on your like Myers-Briggs um results oh okay um and I'm obsessed with (laughs) Myers-Briggs like you know like how people are really into horoscopes. Yeah. My thing is like the Myers-Briggs. Amazing. Like, I'm that. seeing someone right now and I'm not kidding when I spent probably between like two or three hours just reading articles of our like Myers-Briggs types together. You Love scare
2: that. me. I really don't <laughs> like things like this. Like I'll do them for fun, but I really don't see any reliance on them and think they're too prescriptive. And when you go on about I'm just like, okay. No, no, but his was so accurate. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Um, Anyways, but she
3: looked that up, and I actually really liked what it said to me, even though in in practice it would be a really annoying one, but it was an octopus (gasps) um, because it captures the -the -the out-of-the-box intelligence. I'm just going to do a little bit of a hair (laughs) flick. Um, These invertebrates are uh, powerful hunters. Okay, I'm definitely not a powerful (laughs) hunter. I'm just going to say that um strateg- strategically creating smart ways to outsmart their predators they can navigate their way through mazes solve problems quickly even play which is a clear sign of animal intelligence mm-hmm. they think quickly they're using their pincers to grab food and tear it apart big mood um <laughs> or injecting an inky cloud of darkness to evade predators i'm like i, I like that oh, i like the sound of that however it would be really impractical of just being like right <laughs> it's my octopus yeah. but i would just live on a cruise ship i would just go like carnival cruise
1: just like yeah. constantly
3: and yeah
1: yeah see it's interesting with the demon question because i feel like there are two types of people that we've encountered there are the people like us that just know it and don't like think about it and just know it mm. and then there are people that do all the research and haven't decided on it yet and it is a big decision but like for us we were just like yeah done
2: what's your yeah. what? so, so your cat cat house cat i'm a
1: duck Because I was the same as you. I I love uh, uh, the water and the ocean. And I wanted, like, I was like, oh, I'd love to have, like, you know, a a water based animal. Mm. But I was like, if I had a duck, then it could still be on the water and also with me on yeah yeah that's um, a good one and also just because my last name's ducker and i think it fits well yeah
2: <laughs> yeah see i didn't know because then i was like should you just go for your favorite animal because i know that my patronus uh is a giraffe even though uh canonically giraffe is not listed as an option but what, if a fucking werewolf could be a Patronus, <laughs> then why can't a giraffe? Like, I absolutely know that my Patronus is a giraffe. Yeah. I feel like that would be extremely impractical to be a demon, and I don't want that. <laughs> like, can you yeah, yeah, yeah. imagine? Like, this is my demon. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's 12 feet tall. <laughs> We're going by names. Your demon could be a stick insect because your last name is Twig. (laughs) Oh, just imagine a stick insect on my shoulder. But I would definitely want one that I could have somewhat part of the time on my person. I really Mm. don't like the idea of not being able to hold it and touch it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I get that.
2: Together. i could get like a backpack full of water and put my yeah, little, like just, a little yeah. tank.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like when people put cats in those backpacks, yeah, little, just like a little tank. Yeah. I know what I
2: don't want. I don't want a bird. I really don't like the idea of that. Like it poop mm. on you. Well, also just like I don't, I don't like whatever that represents. I don't get it. I don't like the bird fair. thing. Fair, mm. fair. I'm sorry, a duck not, is a bird. Not, a duck is a walking fine. bird, though, not yeah, a fly. I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> ducks also
0: can fly. <laughs> Shh.
2: It's fine, we I'm just not a bird. They don't.
0: <laughs> that kind of brings us to the end mm-hmm. of Book Club.
1: If you would be happy to tell us about your podcast and where people can find it yeah we
0: can do that Mm -hmm. we are goblet
3: of wine um we get drunk and we talk about harry potter we hate jk rowling uh we just always have to add that into our blurb now um yeah so we kind of do it from like a chaotic drunken adult perspective of being like both loving the books from like them being a very important thing to us but also being like very highly critical of them as adults um
2: we're very drunk and sweary and we, we go through chapter by chapter We're not spoiler free It's more a podcast aimed at people Who read Harry Potter as a child And want to come back to it as an adult With a more critical mind But also enjoy the parts they absolutely loved Mm And who like alcohol. Actually, no, you don't have to drink alcohol. We actually <laughs> have a lot of listeners <laughs> no, who no don't drink alcohol. Don't. Like yeah. loads. um, but we are drunk, but we sober edit, so you know that it's yeah. it sounds good. <laughs> We're just <Sometimes>. chaos. <laughs> um but yeah, you can find us anywhere under Goblet of Wine. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah. Thank you so That's much amazing. for having us on. Thank you for Thank coming you so on. This has been, been so much doing. fun. It has. Yay. I loved it. You guys are doing such a great job. Like you just brought the podcast out at such a good time because I feel like there's a real resurgence of historic materials at the moment mm. and you guys are just there. So I love it. Thank you. Thank, Thank you so you. much. I really oh enjoy God. listening to it because
3: I always feel like we
1: have the same dynamic. hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. Yeah. I think there's a massive crossover between what we, what we do. We're on the same wavelength. hundred percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> fantastic
0: Great. thank you guys thank you so, so much. much thank you bye Bye. Bye. oh my god how fun was that oh my gosh so much fun thank you so much to hannah for hosting us in her yes. house we recorded that episode from hannah's house and it was very lovely and yeah so much fun Thank you so much to Charlie yeah, and Hannah. Yeah, thank you both. It
1: was loads of fun. I had a great time. We both had a great time. And just go and listen to Goblet of Wine if you haven't already. It's such a fun Harry Potter podcast by two... People who have very much similar vibes to us, but they're drunk. So, I mean, what more could you want? We also guested on one of their episodes. We talked about the Department of Mysteries, which is chapter 34 in the Order of the Phoenix. That was super fun. Uh, Go and find that on their feed because we had such a good time. It was hilarious. Yes.
0: Yeah, so much fun. Also, they bought us some Takai.
1: And we drank Takai for the first time. Yes, yes. And it was very sweet it tasted like alcoholic apple juice yes
0: if you want to hear our live reactions to our first ever mm. sip of takai tune in to their episode chapter 34 of the order of the phoenix because that is where me and Faye try takai for the first time ever
1: <laughs> yep 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 i would drink it again i think like it's not my favorite drink in the world but i would drink it yeah again. it's very sweet
3: yeah it is. it is.
1: but yeah um go and listen to goblet of wine wherever you get your podcasts you can follow them on twitter at goblet of wine pod and on instagram at goblet of wine podcast and we recommend you do that because they share some good content
2: they
0: do they're very funny we love it yes thanks so much for listening to this very special episode of her dark materials you can find us over on twitter instagram and facebook at hdmpod and you can email us at herdartmaterialspod at gmail.com you can also visit our website at hdmpod.co.uk if you want to support us you can become a
1: patron at patreon.com forward slash hdmpod we also have a shop where you can buy merch featuring all original artwork from rich you can find it at hdmpod.co.uk forward slash shop i'm fair and when i'm not talking to hannah and charlie you can find me talking about paramore on my other podcast still into you you can listen wherever you get your podcasts and find us on twitter and instagram at still into you pod
0: I'm Rachel oh and when I'm not here chatting to you lovely folks with some even more lovely folks about some of my favourite books then I am making cute and magical arty things. You can find me over on Instagram at rachmakes, on Twitter and TikTok at Rach underscore makes and over in my online shop A Huge thanks as always to Johnny Knott for his musical stylings and an even bigger thank you once again to Charlie and Hannah for guesting on this book club. And don't forget keep telling stories
1: and all will be well.